Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 94, featuring the top five cold opens. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse. I'm the host of the Trek Ranks podcast. And lately, we've been doing a bunch of big shows and big topics. And tonight is no different. We have another major deep cut topic that I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. It's been on the long list for a while. It is our top five cold opens. That's right. We're talking about the opening teasers of every Star Trek episode So tonight's picks are not about the full episodes. It's just about the opening few minutes of of each episode before the title sequence. And yeah, this is going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of cool deep cut topics for a topic like this. And we'll talk a little bit more about cold opens and the opening teasers, whatever you want to call it, in our diagnostic cycle in a minute. But first, let's introduce our awesome Trekkie guest tonight. First up returning for her 10th appearance on Trek Ranks. Ooh. It's our favorite IRL engineer. It's Jen Tift. Welcome back, Jen. <laughs> Hi, it's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me. 10 times. Wow. 10 <laughs> times. You're in double digits. <laughs> double digits. Love it. Love it. Our second <laughs> guest is back for his third appearance. It's Mr. Madcap of Science himself, Josh Zeller. Josh, are you there? Hey, 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 everybody. Good to be here. Good to have you back. You were on Two of my favorite topics, coolest episode titles and villains who weren't really villains. Oh, both were so much fun to record and be part of the discussion. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this topic as well. Actually, Josh, this is the first time we've been both of those in person because you're in L.A. So this will be the first time you're on when we're not in the same room, Yeah, which, of course, is a theme of 2020. That's a bummer. (laughs) Uh, Communicating via subspace. I love it. All right, let's get into this and talk some cold opens with our Trek Ranks recalibration. What are you recalibrating? Everything. Um, it's it's a sweeping, uh, a recalibration of all systems. As regular listeners will know by now, general order number one here at the Trek Ranks podcast is that we love Trek. We love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to get the conversation started. And remember, it's not about the ranks. That's just an excuse for us to talk about Star Trek. Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. That's right, Vulcan Master. No wrong answers here at Trek Ranks. It's not about being right or definitive in any way. It's about sharing the things we love about Star Trek, and we love it all, from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise, and the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery, Short Treks, Star Trek Picard, and Lower Decks as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black alert. Black alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through the first season of Star Trek Picard and the first half season of Star Trek Lower Decks. And one final reminder that we use episodes as as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. Are there cold opens in the films? I guess that's a interesting. A couple uh, of them. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> that's a good thought. I guess for sure Nemesis. You know, interface, net access, channel 90. You can uh, find Trek Ranks on the net access interface links at trekranks.com. You can contact me directly on Twitter at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. 
You can also call and leave us a message with your, with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, Jen and Josh, why don't you guys let everybody know how they can get a hold of you on the net access interface. Jen? Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at eat at quarks. And my podcast is also on Twitter at SnapTrack. I gotta start remembering to add that to your intro. <laughs> we love SnapTrack here at Trek Ranks. Um, Josh, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Madcap of Science. <laughs> okay. Where I uh, mostly talk about Star Trek, so uh, <laughs> and other random musings about life, <laughs> the universe, and everything. Crazy thing. Those are my favorite Twitter accounts. The ones that mostly <laughs> talk about Star Trek. Okay, let's get into our level one diagnostic to get into this topic. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. So really quick, a cold open is basically the opening of every episode of Star Trek before the credits roll. So it can be anything. It can be like a super revealing thing about the episode. It can be a lighthearted character moment just to set up the themes and, and tones uh, of an episode. It's, it's basically a narrative teaser, which is how it's known in, in circles as well. And, you know, it could be or it could be something that has nothing to do with the upcoming episode, which we've actually seen in Lower Decks a little bit. That's kind of their their MO so far. I think this is going to be a super interesting topic. And I'll say this. I was doing a little research on it and I found this really interesting note that uh, these kind of narrative teasers weren't very prevalent on TV and in this type of uh media before Star Trek came on the air. They were just starting to get popular in the mid-60s with some of the drama storytelling. And in Gene Roddenberry's original Star Trek Bible from like 1966, he actually has a line that says he wants to include teasers with a hook as part of the structure of the show. And so I'll read you the line from this memo. Teaser, preferably three pages or less, Captain's Kirk voiceover opens the show, briefly setting where we are and what's going on. This is usually followed by a short playing scene, which ends with the teaser hook. So cold opens, as they come to be known, have been a part of the Star Trek plan from the very beginning. I thought that was pretty cool when I stumbled on that when I was doing a little research on on where uh, where this storytelling format came from. All right, that's enough of the diagnostic cycle. Let's get into our prime directives and uh, talk to our guests about how they narrow down their picks. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. Okay, last thing before I get to you guys, Jen and Josh. I'm really, after I did this topic, I was, it was so detailed. I was like, man, I should have done this one by series instead of like the whole canvas yeah. <laughs> of 700, 800 episodes. This was brutal trying to come down and narrow the, trying to narrow this thing down to, to five. So Jen, totally. let's, let's start with you. How did you define your prime directive and uh, come up with your picks? Yeah, you're right too. And, and each series has their own style. Of cold yes. yes, you know yeah. the, the original series does have that action and then that hook at the end, you know, and yeah. and the next gen is better at the you know the slice of life and you know and, mm-hmm. and voyagers with the, the high concept and, and it's 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 fun to see the difference the different uh, styles. 
Um, so I think we're going to have a wide variety today. And yep. that's what I have in my list is a, is a wide variety. Um, I come from the side of, of loving, t- telling a story in a short amount of time. I love that. I love the short story. I love the short tracks. Yep. <laughs> I yep. love cold opens. I, it's, it's, you know, I love short poems. I just, I just, it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do to tell a story in, in a compact amount of time like that and really get you hooked. And I, and I love, and I love that. Uh, idea and I, I the style cold open that I grew up loving was the the sitcom of the 80s would do more of the like the slice of life you know like the little teaser that didn't really have anything to do with the rest of the episode and I love it just a little short story about right. those characters that you love um so so those really appeal to me that the, there's one or two of those on my list okay. so I love that and I so I'm very excited to see that lower decks is going that route so far, we've had three episodes, three cold opens that, you know, have nothing to do with, with the rest of the episode, which I just love. The, the little short vignettes of these great characters getting into ridiculous scenarios. And um, and I think if we did this later, Lower Decks would probably show up on my list, too. Yeah. So as far as my prime directive, I just... Since that, since there is such a wide variety of styles and things you can do with a cold open, I just picked the ones uh, that made me want to keep watching. You know, the one, the ones that that yeah. got to me, the ones that 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 uh, you know, for whatever, for for different reasons, we'll, you know, you'll see some, you know, just just get ya, just get ya. So it's just uh, there's no set rhyme or reason. I tried, I started out trying to do like maybe get one from each series or that kind of thing, and then. I just, I just went with my gut for this one. Yeah, I tried to come up with some themes, uh, but that was, it was tough because there's such a variety, and you want to kind of touch on everything. How about, how about you, Josh? Yeah, everything Jim said was so right on, and um, yeah, I just love, you know, looking at the crafting of an episode, like what the writers uh, went through, and to just really seeing these different units of sort of measurement of the teaser, and then the, each individual act of the episode, and how does each chunk really build up to the the final the whole the whole episode the whole film whatever yeah my my prime directives i kind of tried to look at all the different styles of cold opens which i I love you know just seeing you know what to ease us into the the stories and and how to uh keep you interested so that you could you would want to continue watching after that first cut into the opening credits and that kind of thing so my prime directives were uh, how did this set up the episode in a interesting slash fun way? Uh, how was the cold open revealing of character? How does it make you want to continue watching? Uh, so those are kind of the three bullet points of which I, uh, to, to get this list down to a manageable five. <laughs> yeah, there's so many episodes. I feel like my list was like a hundred deep before I really started to, to get it in there and, yeah. and figure out which ones were secondary systems, which ones go in the list, mm-hmm. get a good breadth of, you know, to represent throughout the entire 50 years. Cause the craft of the cold open has changed as, as television storytelling has changed as yeah. well. It's funny you say that about trying to have it be the ones that made you want to keep watching. Cause obviously that's the goal of it regardless, but it is interesting to see like, cause enterprise would go with these really, they went with some really quiet, subtle ones. Yeah that didn't have a big dramatic hook or just had a real sly kind of yeah. uh, nod at the end of it. Yeah. And they were, they were shorter too. They had like a punch to them that the other series didn't really have. But they also weren't like saying you have to 
you now you have to come back. It was just kind of like, we're going to continue after this. <laughs> All right. Uh, and on a uh, sort of yeah. side note, I just want to mention uh, there was a really great interview with Kiva Goldsman uh, talking about um, Card. <laughs> and he mentioned the, the use of the teaser. I was talking about how just the whole paradigm of producing television has changed. So now that everything's in streaming, yeah, it's going to be assumed like the viewers are watching it all in a giant binge or they're already hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to watch the whole episode or season. Yeah. So how do those store, those teasers change to being something other than like, okay, I got to hook you in to like, yeah. then you can get more slice of life. You can get a little bit more one-off and that kind of thing. So I just thought that was an interesting comment from the creators, you know, and obviously in this modern uh, uh, Star Trek, we're definitely you know experimenting with different styles of story as the stories are are are, are molded to different formats. So I, I yeah, just that's, think that's, that's interesting and and definitely true with Enterprise a little bit with that too. What were we gonna say about Discovery? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and Discovery too. That that's kind of what I was gonna say. Um, you know, with, with with Discovery, the teaser quote unquote is so long that that you almost forget that. You right. didn't see the credits yet. It's more like a credit intermission you know? right. in a lot of those episodes because you're right that what they want to do with it has changed. They, they basically, uh, you know, try to update you on every storyline instead of yeah. it being like one one hit yeah. thing. So it's just a completely different um, different animal, but yeah. still some real good ones. So for my prime directive, I'm, I've never had a topic where I was more confident that I'm going to be floored by some of your guys' picks. I think uh, there's going to be stuff that you considered that I never even thought of. So I love that. What I did is I, I, so I like you guys, I just made a really long list of ones that I would love to talk about. And that I think uh, have stuck with me over the years. And then as I was looking at that list, and I've never done this before. I broke the list down into uh, a few picks that I just thought were obvious picks, not saying I wasn't going to pick them, but I just think they were you know clearly obvious and I've never done this before, Jen, but you've been on so long. I'm like, I think these are episodes that I think Jen might pick. <laughs> and again, not saying I didn't, I wasn't going to pick them, but I, oh, I that's how God. I started narrowing them down. And then, and then I ended up with uh, with my five when I when it was all said and done. So it was definitely not easy to narrow it down and uh, yeah. and, and break it all down. I will say this though, I, the the one. I tried to have a little nice little mosaic of kind of different types of cold opens. So one thing I'll say as a spoiler is that because I tried to have them all be a little bit different, if a ship explodes in one of my cold opens, that will be the only ship that explodes in, in a cold open because there's lots of ships exploding in cold opens. So uh, I wasn't going to pick multiple ones, although they were on my long list. So totally. Um, all right, this is going to be awesome. That was a long and detailed but necessary prime directive. So let's get into the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Thank you, Third Remoticon. As always, just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, each of us will reveal our five-word summary and a hashtag to tease our pick. Then we'll reveal our cold open choice and the specific reasons we're highlighting it. And at the end, we'll ask everyone for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And as always, if we have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedo. Okay, Jen, let's kick this off with you. What is your number five pick for a top five cold open? Okay, let's start things off with the art of the grift. Hashtag funhouse mirror. 
This is Voyager Season 6, Episode 21, Live Fast and Prosper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so really good. <laughs> this one is under a minute long. It's only 42 seconds long. Okay. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's, a, it's a quick getcha. But this one gets a mention on my list for actually stumping me. Welcome to Telsius. Thank you. I'm Captain Catherine Janeway. This is Commander Tuvok. We're from the Federation Starship Voyager. When I when I see these two people and they say, Rifters. you know, I'm Captain Janeway, I'm Tuvok. I honest, they honestly got me. I'm like waiting for the credits to end so that I can find out what's going on. You know, are we in another dimension here? Is this someone's memory and their memory's a little off? Like what, what is it? You know, I didn't get that they were, you know, impersonating them and <laughs> using their good name and their story to con people. Um, and, and it just, it's, it's a delightful little quick puzzle because there's just something off that the characters are so, beautifully designed to be just a little off yep. in every aspect of the design you know <laughs> like like they're you know their deltas are too big they're you know the two bikes got another ridge it got like a ridge and you know and the, and like the, it's, it's very jarring and i just love it and it makes me smile every time even the, even now knowing what what the deal is um, but I just go back to the first time, you know, that I saw it. I love this bit because it, it doesn't tell you what's happening. It sets up the mystery. Right, right. And then when they come back, you kind of start piecing it together. And then, and then, and, and in context, you realize the tone of it is perfect. The way they set up these guys and they, and it sets up the, the kind of farcical tone of the episode as right. well. I did not think of this one. I love this pick. This is what cold opens are all about. Josh, what's your take? I live Fast, this is a great one. It's on my secondary systems for right. sure. It was definitely one of the episodes I, I thought of when I first cool. started coming up with my list. I love everything about this teaser. You know, yeah, the awkward uniforms, the really too big comm badges. You know something's up. You're not quite sure where this episode's going. Right. Uh, it just sets everything up in a really interesting, great way. And yeah, in just a minute and a half, I mean, they, it's just such great economy of storytelling. Uh, it's great, great pick. That's classic. You said it's only, it's 42 it's seconds. Yeah. 42 seconds. Yeah, that's oh, tight. <laughs> that's yeah. tight. So good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Josh. Awesome. Let's go to you with your number five pick. My number five pick, five words, handshake that changed the world. Hashtag <laughs> not my first contact. My number five pick is in a mirror darkly um, part one from enterprise i love this definitely on my secondary system so I would oh definitely. it's just such a great i mean first they did a um sleight of hand by the use of first contact yep so we're starting that you start this episode and then you're like what is happening exactly you know and then they just did such a good job of seamlessly blending the new extras into the footage of first contact of the landing and then just it all goes a different direction than you would recall suddenly the opening credits are different i just think it that that cold open is genius i i, I love the way they did that it's so the produ production value on it is so good and the yeah. uh and and the the best part about it is it it's the cold open but then the, the new credits afterwards and yeah. now you're like okay 
what am I watching? What's happening here? And it's yeah, just it's piecing together that it's a mirror universe episode. Really, really cool. I definitely considered this one. Jen, how about you in a mirror darkly part one? Yes, this was my toughest cut. Oh <laughs> I yeah. I love this. this is, I was trying to think back to when it first aired and I can't for the life of me remember whether or not I knew that this was going to be a mirror episode. I don't remember if that was, you know, like something I knew ahead of time. But either way, <laughs> it doesn't take a, away from the incredibly shocking, you know, ending because it settled, it does a good job of settling you into this familiar scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and, then, and then you're, you know, and then it rolls into that Mary Universe credits and which is just amazing. And and you're like, oh, this is the bad place. <laughs> you know, now I get it. And and it's a it's a wonderful way to welcome you to this this mirror universe episode that doesn't explain any reason for why it exists. Like it's just right. an episode in the mirror universe. Correct. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's a really great way to introduce that. It's like, oh, here's just something that happened in the mirror universe. You're gonna see it's different. Yeah. You know, and then here's the credits. <laughs> and I just it's so and we have mirror universe credits as well. Yeah. So, so you're in the mirror really universe good. watching this. Yeah, we're seeing the mirror universe version of Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so really cool. one of their master strokes on on that show. And definitely a a brilliant cold open. So love that pick. So good. All right, let's close out round five. I'm starting with a deep cut. Five words and a hashtag. I'll question everything you say. Hashtag. You would not be a worthy pupil otherwise. And the episode, you just heard these guys. It's the young, angry Tubok and the Vulcan Master. It is Gravity Voyager Season 5, Episode 13. And this intro fascinates me because it's this, it's just a scene between uh, the young, angry Tubok pushing the Vulcan Master, who's been assigned, he's been assigned to learn from. And, you know, it starts with, he's really angry, like, my emotions free me. And it's just this really beautiful back and forth between the two where Tuvok's rejecting logic saying, you know, why was I, why was I born with feelings if I wasn't meant to use them? Where's the logic in that? And the Vulcan master hidden for you to find or in plain sight for you to ignore. You speak in riddles because the truth frightens you. This, it's such a great script. It's a Brian Fuller, Nick Sagan script, by the way, where they just have this amazing back and forth. And this is a 1997, 98 episode. So it was still at a point where I think the Vulcan history was still being uncovered a little bit. So it was was a real great microcosm of what it means to control your emotions and and live with them and pretend like, like you don't have them. And I love I love uh, Joseph Ruskin. We mentioned him previously on our Twilight Zone episode. He played Galt in the Gangsters of Triskelion, and he plays the Vulcan Master in this scene. And it just puts a pin on why the Vulcans are my my favorite Trek species. It's just a it's a three minute long. It's like two minutes fifty seconds. And oh, and we also get to hear infinite diversity and infinite combinations in Vulcan, which is Kol Utshan, the only time that's uh, really ever been used. So I just love this scene. It, it's fascinating to me. I think it's a real good microcosm of why uh, the Vulcans are so cool. So gravity is my pick. The Vulcan master. Jen, what's your take on that? I love this pick. I love that. This is a great scene. Um, and like you said, just to see more, you know, Vulcan culture is, is, is always yeah. great. But, but the, the part that gets me is, is when, 
you realize that it's Tuvok. He doesn't he say like like sit down Tuvok or something at the end. Yeah. So so even you, you get to really uh, identify with this young man who you know who who's questioning about his emotion his emotions his emotional state and as a Vulcan and then and then at the very end the reveal that it's Tuvok and and I just love that it's it's great. Good yeah, job. right before he says sit, he says to deny the emotion's existence would be illogical. Yeah. And then that's when Tuvok, my five words and hashtag says, I'll question everything you say. You would not be a worthy yes. pupil otherwise. If I was meant to deny feelings, why was I born with them? Where's the logic in that? Hidden for you to find. Or in plain sight for you to ignore. You speak in riddles because the truth frightens you. You're right. It does frighten me. You were surprised to hear a Vulcan master admit to having emotions? Yes. Emotions can be a powerful tool. To deny their existence is illogical. But you must learn to control them. Why? Do you wish to be taught? I would question everything you say. You would not be a worthy pupil otherwise. Let us begin. Sit down, Tuvok. Really, really powerful stuff. Uh, Josh, how about you? Love to. Yeah, I mean, I, this is a it's a great it's a great pick. I can remember watching this episode for the first time and just being like, "Whoa, that's Tuvok!" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just such a great. I think that character is a tough one. Uh, to be honest, he's so stoical and so Vulcan that I think it's a tough nut to crack yeah. in terms of really feeling like you, um, you know, getting that character. So to suddenly realize that's what his inner life is, that's what his emotional turmoil is and what's going on underneath the surface, that really kind of made him just endlessly fascinating to, to see that and then be like, oh, he's still fighting this to this day. You know, that's why we're seeing this flashback. Yeah. I mean, it's just great revealing of character in a fun, interesting way. Uh, you know, you're meeting this person that we don't even recognize. And then you're like, you come to know him as that, like realize where that kid fits into the adults that we see. Uh, so I think it's a great, it's a great pick and a great, a great episode, a great Tuvok episode. Yeah, it's a big part of defining Tuvok, and which you see later in that episode, which is one yeah. of my favorites, top 20 at Voyager Trek ranks. Okay, uh, number round four. Let's do it. Jen, what's your number four pick? Okay, this is similar similar to the last pick, <laughs> your, to your pick, Jen. Okay. Okay. Geological instabilities and shifting passions. Hashtag, I'm here to see a man about a horse. This is TNG, season two, episode 15, Pen Pals. Oh, yeah. And this one is just a little character yeah. beat about Picard uh, and and Troy going to the holodeck together. And, and he's going to ride a horse. Um, there's also some there. There's some sciencey stuff in there, too, which is it's actually there's actually a pretty cool little yeah. uh, mystery about planets with, you know, have this you know, geological instabilities coming up and then it's the mystery about, you know, why it's happening. It's pretty interesting. It's, it, it actually bookends the Picard stuff in the middle, which is kind of an interesting way to, to do it. Cause th this cold opens uh, four minutes and 17 seconds. So there's enough time, you know, to kind of yeah. have two stories going on, but, but there's two things in this for why I picked it. And the first is this 
kind of this episode is from season two and it kind of defined the way I've always thought about the holodeck and why I, I, I just I just think the holodeck is such a beautiful piece of technology. And uh, they're talking about the horses and uh, before, right before they enter and Picard, you know, Picard says that the Arabs believe that, that Allah gathered the south wind and made the horse. And Troy goes on the holodeck we made that legend come true. <laughs> and I just always thought that was such a nice way to think about the holodeck. You know, it's just bringing these elements. It's not wind, it's, it's light, you know, basically, but bringing, bringing all the, all the elements together and creating these, you know, <laughs> these things out of thin air. And it, I just, I just always thought that was a lovely way to think about what the holodeck does. I love it. And that just always stuck with me. Computer, program the holodeck for a woodland setting with a bridal path and an appropriate mount. Type of mount, Andorian Zabathu, Klingon Sark. Horse, earth horse. Breed? Arabian. The Arabs believe that Allah gathered the south wind and made the horse. On the holodeck, we've made that legend come true. Hmm. I like that. Oh, yes, computer. English tack, and I will control the animal myself. Enter when ready. Picard here. This is they have such a lovely conversation. She's tr uh, trying to fi figure out. You know, she's uh, you know Troy, Troy kind of leads us along uh, here, and she you know she she says you know I never thought about you as an animal guy. You know, and and she says she says okay I, I get it. You don't want the comfort of a pet. You want a companion. You know, he talks about the horses, and and he says something that uh, he says it seems that some creatures have the capacity to fill spaces you never knew were empty. <laughs> now, which is such a great line and I just always think about that in relation to Picard especially now you know when we first saw the images of number one the the dog <laughs> not the person mm. um this is the first thing that I thought of and I, th I thought oh he is this is like his emotional support animal <laughs> you know yeah. And they have a bond. They have a real bond because you can see in this cold open Picard even just bonding with this holographic horse in real time. And he's so gentle with it. And it says so much about Picard. And it's just it's just such a lovely scene. And, and I just I just adore it. I love this pick. Such a great, quiet character beat for Picard and Deanna together. You couldn't have described it any better. I don't think I ever picked up on that line from Deanna about the uh, creating the horses. That's so cool. And and it is a great connection to uh, Remembrance and number one in, in Star Trek Picard. Fantastic pick. Such a and such a memorable scene. You know immediately what you yeah. were talking about when you when you bring it up. Uh, Josh, what's your take on Pen Pals? Oh it's a it's a great that's a great pick. Yeah, by mid by mid season two, I feel like the teasers they really started to figure out the that kind of like day in the life type, uh, yes. you know, teaser, right, right. you know, and you're starting to see the poker games and just little yeah. bits of the life. So yeah, it's a great moment between Picard and Deanna, you know, they really always have, you know, have had just such a great relationship to see that starting to, to blossom at this point in the series was, was great. And, um, you know, I've always loved, you know, Picard and the horses, you know, you'd see it later in Starship Mine, you know, every great writer, you know, has, has their own saddle <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun character revealing hold open and um, yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. Awesome. Okay. Josh, how about you? What's your number four pick? Number four pick five words. Star Trek is back, bitches. <laughs> Shag Tiberius. That's the worst. 
Oh, it is the first oh, 10 minutes, no the first proper oh, cold open of the films, Star Trek 09. Oh, man, I did not think of this, and it's perfect, and it's, oh, my God, and it is back. Uh, you know, A, you know, in um, in writing or in any kind of producing uh, film or television, I mean, it's so important that those first couple pages of the script just tell us everything we need to know. Tell us the characters that we're going to meet what the themes are going to be, what's going to happen in this movie, introduce us to the world. That first 10 minutes does all that in spades. It hooks you like nobody's business. It's just a great, you know, we don't even meet any of the main characters. We just see these characters that we're never going to really meet ever again in the film. Uh, so it's just so great. So compelling. The character, the the captain is dynamic. I would watch a show centered around him yeah. now. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's just, just a great, such just well done um, cold open, and uh, and ultimately the films didn't really get too many cold opens, so it's cool to see that that storytelling brought into the films, and it's just just such a stirring opening. It just tells you we're in good hands. Star Trek is back. It's been a long fallow period. It's back. It's back. These people are doing it on a scale we've never seen before. So good. So it's it's. I mean, I've said it before many times. It's arguably could be the greatest ten minutes of any Star Trek ever. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't say that lightly. Uh, Jen, what's your take yeah. on this pick? I agree. I mean, it has everything. It has you know action, mystery, heart, sadness. I I was pregnant with my first child. Uh, when I was watching this in the movie theater, when it first came out on opening night, oh, no. so I was, you know, doubly emotional, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, cry, just bawling, you know, my eyes out during this. Oh, it, it's just, it's such a great pick. I, I just, I just love it. It's a little, it's a little short film in and of itself, you know? What is it? It's a boy. A boy? Tell me about it. He's beautiful. George, you should be here. Impact alert. What are we gonna call him? We can name him after your father. Tiberius, you kidding me? No, that's the worst. Let's name him after your dad. Let's, let's call him Jim. It's beautiful. I mean, it, 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 you take like, I mean, I always like try to think about what did we know about George Kirk before mm-hmm. this? And, and, and we, we, we knew that he had, Kirk had a good relationship with his father is really all, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and so, so we knew some of what he was losing, but even just above, you know, above like, oh my God, he's going to grow up without his father and, <laughs> yeah. um, and just the heroic way he died and, oh, it, just everything about it. I, I, it's such a good pick. So good. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And I totally agree with you, Josh, that uh, would easily watch uh, any kind of Captain Rabot Star Trek yes, at, at any point so in time because cool. he was amazing. Okay. It was so cool. I was so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got the vengeance spear. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. That's so cool. Let's close out round four with my pick. This one is a straight production value pick. Five words and a hashtag. Galorndon Core sets the standard hashtag for iconic planet hell scene set. And it is TNG's The Enemy from season three. And I'm picking this just strictly. It's so memorable to me when I started talking, thinking about this topic. This one popped on my list and I never moved it off because the production value of it's four minutes and 35 seconds of Jordy Worf and uh, Riker beaming down to Galorndon Core, and the production value is off the charts. The Planet Hell set has never looked better. We've got uh, transporter uh, pattern enhancers we've seen for the first time uh, lighting up the screen. The sound design is amazing with like this uh, shaking thunder. It's dark. There's wind and lightning and uh, smoke. And they come across a Rodman shuttle debris. The mystery's getting all amped up. And Worf punches a Romulan. <laughs> I mean, it's just got it's just got everything. But I just the 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 key point for me when Riker is just screaming Jordy's name with that palm beacon and the wind and smoke and darkness just swirling around them. I love the direction on this. The director was David Carson. There's no doubt in my mind this went a long way to him uh, getting a Star Trek feature yeah. film. And yeah, I couldn't leave this off my list just because of that exciting action setup on Galorndon Core and the enemy. Uh, Jen, what's your take on this one? Great pick. It has everything. Uh, yeah, I agree. The pr- production value. The planet is a terrifying, terrifying hellhole. Yes. I mean, they really do a good job and everything you said of, of making that obvious. Um, but, and just when, when Jordy gets lost, I mean, my, my like heart drops, yeah. you know, like, cause, cause because it's so good because you're like, Oh my God, I don't want Jordy to be lost on this horrific, but in this horrific place. And, and, and the part um, that always gets me is, is Worf. You see Worf like wanting to go, find Jordy and, and Riker having to tell him no they have to be back now and and you can, you can tell in both their faces that they don't want to you know they want to look for Jordy and not leave him behind in this terrible place and and it, it, and, and then then that's what makes it a good cold open too because you don't even want to wait through the credits for them to find Jordy you know right. it's like even that's too long for him to be left on this this hellacious planet <laughs> um oh this is a really good thing they set up that really well because they're they do. all the conversation they're just is there's no conversation they're all just, they're all just yeah. screaming at each other to be heard mm-hmm. and there's one point where he says man it's a good thing we didn't bring data or we'd be unscrambling it for weeks <laughs> that just like always I just like oh man that's this place is F up placing me Marker, return transport, 14 minutes, 40 seconds. Is your view any better, Jordy? Not too bad, Commander. A lot of charged particle precipitation. But I can compensate. Communicators are dysfunctional. Tricorders. Readings only found within five meters. Good thing we didn't bring data. We'd be unscrambling in seconds for a week. Uh, Josh, Galorndon Core, the enemy. Love this. I mean, A, just such a great episode in general. One of the classic Romulan 
episodes. Yeah. Majority episodes. Um, I love that, that opening. I mean, the, the pattern enhancers, the action, the, just the planet hell is the most helliest you've ever seen it. You know, yeah. it's great cold open and just sets up the story. So great. You know, what's going to happen to Jordy? <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, it's a great one. Amazing. All right, let's go to the soup brand. And now, as I'm sure that somebody out there has said, it's time to pay for the soup. Jan, what's your number three pick? All right, soup brand pick. To seek out new life. Hashtag a matter of perspective. This is Voyager season two, episode 13, Prototype. Oh. So this was... Interesting POV. Yes. 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 I, I just love it. This one was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Which, which is, you know, I just, I just love his style. Um, but this is totally seen from the perspective of what you just think is a piece of technology mm-hmm. at first, you know, it's, it starts with, you know, from a floating in space, an angle Voyager comes up over it, which right. is a pretty angle, you know, and then they beam it on and you're still, you only see it from that perspective. Um, you see Balana and, and Tuvok and Janeway uh, looking at this thing, trying to decide what to do with it. You know, like it's like it's you know like they're trying to decide what to do with it with a device. We, we don't we haven't seen it yet, but but it also is shot the way they always shoot like perspective of like a baby in a movie. You know, with like just all their faces yeah. right in it. Yep. Yep. So you know, giving you like a little bit of clues. You know. And then, and then you, they flash to, to Bolana and Harry and engineering, and they're trying to jury rig something that could uh, keep the power on so that they can study this thing. Um, and it's the same thing here. It, it's kind of like they're trying to just keep the batteries juiced in a, in a device, but also it's kind of like a medical show, you know, because, because, you know, almost like you hear expectors say, say here, say clear, you know, and do the thing, you know? <laughs> um, cause they're, they're just trying to jumpstart the batteries on this thing. So, so, you know, there's like little, little tells and then you know you still just see the just the black and white vision the motor mon- the, the noises you know that makes like just yep. like the monitor noises and then and then the zoom in on the reflection and you see this really that it what it is is this really creepy humanoid looking thing um which is just uh, to me personally that's not what i was expecting <laughs> you know the first the first time i saw that, i was not expecting that it really got me and and you think you're looking you know once you realize you're looking at through someone's perspective instead of something's perspective, it kind of changes the whole thing. And, 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 you, and it makes you wonder like, Oh, well maybe Tuvok is right when he was saying we should just let the battery die or, you know, or what is it? Or is this going to be like a new friend or like, what is it? Is this our data now? Or, you know what I mean? But the design of the, the humanoid is, 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 is they make it not so human as for it to be obvious that it, whether it's friend or foe, you know, which, which wouldn't mean anything anyway, but it just, it, yeah. t- it takes away that human factor of of comfort level with it. So and it's just, oh, I just love everything about it. It's just, it's just two minutes and 30 seconds of like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, brilliant pick. I, the, I, I, when, as soon as you picked this and I did not think of this one, my first thought was the writers just sitting around going, all right, let's do something completely original and new. I'm tired of these same old cold opens with character beats or some big action hook. And it's so clever because the whole thing, like you described, is that point of view of this space debris. And then you get that last reflection in the mirror of the prototype robot. It's brilliant. This is an awesome pick. I did, don't think I realized it was Jonathan Frakes directing. Uh, love it. Josh, how about you on prototype? 
Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, I do. I love always playing with the camera perspective and all that stuff. Um, that kind of reminds me of the episode of TNG uh, Interface, where Jordy is like oh, interfacing yeah. with yes. uh, the probe. Yeah, you know, and that also has a similar cult, you know, cold open where you see Jordy going through all the the you know separate site, and then we don't realize it's a uh, you know he's using this thing until he looks yeah. at what a handsome guy he is from the uh, you know in the reflection. <laughs> he doesn't have his visor on, so you're like, oh my, what's going on? Yeah, you're like something's weird. Yeah. What's going on here? Really? Is this like yeah, exactly? Uh, so uh, yeah, I love you know shifting the audience's perspective, our expectations. So yeah, that's a great one. Dude, spoiler alert! I have interface coming up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do not. I do not. All right, let's, Josh. What's your uh, number three pick? Super Ram pick. Five words. Data's cringeworthy poetry lounge. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag sleepy time Riker. <laughs> pick, of course, is Schisms. I love it. It's great episode it kind of you know it's it has that slice of life cold open which doesn't really figure you don't realize that a major plot point is being set up until far later into the episode and then you're like oh that's why i saw that you know so i think it's a great subversion of the teaser while it's all it's fun to see data's poetry which is just expectedly terrible uh just and, and the poetry itself is really funny so it's a fun day in the life moment uh and then to cut to him sleeping you're just like huh that's weird and then it you know through the later episode you realize just that point which the audience probably didn't pay as quite as much attention to was actually setting up just major elements of the, of the plot to follow so i just think that's great yeah it's great and of course data's poetry is a classic <laughs> i just wish everyone was snapping you know so that they would treat it like poetry lounge instead you know <laughs> but, <laughs> so good I, did you say his poetry was terrible? Because uh, I'm gonna it's have terribly to, great. I'm gonna have to edit that out because it's awesome. It's the greatest poem ever. No, I've memorized Felix Pattis as a <laughs> I love taxonomic it. nomenclature and all that. I, I, you know, it's great, but it is uh, exactly what you would think Data's poetry would it's be like. Uh, so it's terribly great. Even the poem before Ode to Spot is good. Because it's about sitting there and, and appreciating natural beauty instead of having to analyze it, which is a pretty advanced concept for someone like Data. You know? This is a great pick. I legit like it. Somehow yeah. I did not think of this one. It's a this is absolute classic, <laughs> classic cold open. I love it. Uh, Jen, any other takes? Yeah, I I just adore I adore this pick. This is so good. I it, yeah, the poetry reading is amazing. I I'll I'll never get tired of Riker falling asleep and then clapping. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of it, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like this past week's episode of uh, Lower Decks was kind of playing on this very <laughs> oh for sure cold open for sure, you know? and just sure. I love 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 the moment where we then cut to Savoyler's doing his yeah. high leg kicks, yeah. Lord of the dancing it up. It's really into, into his fiddle playing. You cut to the crew and they're just like, it's just like a cough. They're totally bored. It's so great. So classic. Just bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Requiem for a hug. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. I love when he apologizes. <laughs> like, if you get him said you're too loud, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
It's fantastic. Classic oh, Classic. <laughs> classic Bumford. Okay, let's go do my round three pick to close out the soup round. This one is a very famous episode of TNG in which a galaxy-class ship explodes in the cold open, but it might not be the one you're thinking about. Five words and a hashtag. Good to see you, Jean-Luc. Hashtag, despite your antique humor. And this episode is season two, TNG Contagion. Mm. One of my favorite underrated episodes and it opens with a captain's log, drops straight into the action. Got this friendly banter between Picard and his old buddy, Donald Varley. And you just get this ominous, unsafe feeling that's being set up by like the scratchy comm signal from the Yamato and they're in the Romulan neutral zone and Varley's complaining about all these issues that the ship is having. And he mentions the mysterious Iconians, which I love. And then boom, failure in the antimatter containment chamber. Worf's going crazy. Big explosion. Amazing, amazing visual effects of the ship just hurling toward the, the Enterprise and uh, and everyone's gone. And then Worf says, oh, there's a ship coming into center range. It's Romulan. Cue the credits. I love this episode. And this cold open is one of the best just in terms of pure action set up for, uh, for, for uh, an episode and the visual effects. Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, Jen, what's your take on Contagion and the oh destruction God. of the Yamato? <laughs> That's a brilliant pick. Yeah, I guess it's it, it's it's unexpected and and, and mm. it's in your face. And then so much is happening. And then, oh, here comes a Romulan. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a lot happening. And, and it, it really sets it up. Uh, sets it up well. It's a great pick. Yeah, there's so much going on. Uh, Josh, yeah. how about you? Yeah, I love this pick. Uh, it's a, um, you know, as a side note, I, uh, I'm fairly certain that the footage of the Yamato exploding was used in the uh, preview from, you know, the previous week for this for this week's episode, you know? <laughs> so at the time, you're just, like, spending the whole week being like, what is going to happen? I just saw this shit blow up in the previews. <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> at all. That's so and That's then, great. of course, they just totally subvert that by, you know, oh, it's another ship, and just the fake out of the, tra- of the previews, uh, which side note would, would make also a fun track brings topic, top five trailers from T- all TNG episodes. But yeah, this is a <laughs> great, great um, teaser. It's so textbook. The captain lot, like the plot gets started. Everything's kicked off. Oh crap, there's Romulans yeah. go into the opening credits. I-, I have to know what happens next. It's great. Yeah, great. It's a classic old school uh, cold open for sure to set it all up. And I can guarantee you, I rarely say this, I can guarantee you we will never do top five uh, TNG trailers. <laughs> previews. Because <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't like previews. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um, round two. Jen, what's your number two cold open? All right. I got to do it. Five words and hashtag the baby shoes of teasers hashtag a masterpiece of storytelling. This is Voyager season three, episode 26 Scorpion part one. Yes. (laughs) We have a scorpion. Thank you. I had to 22 seconds in 22 seconds. Is it 22 seconds? 22 seconds. And the reason I call it the baby shoes of teasers is because it's 22 seconds and there's literally a beginning, a middle and an end to this story. 
you know, <laughs> the beginning, you see these two board cubes come, you know, coming in at you, you know, and they start their classic, you know, you will be assimilated, blah, blah, blah. And then bam, something blows them up and it's jaw dropping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, what did that we need to know? Like, did we did Voyager fi- find some kind of new weapon or like, nice. you know, like what's happening here? Hurry up and do the theme song so we can find out what the hell that was all about. It's brilliant. I love it. I had to pick it. I am glad you yeah. did. This was on my obvious list. The only one yeah. so far. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the one everybody thinks yeah. about, talks about. I thought it was a little longer. So 22 seconds 22 is... Uh, is amazing. There's one shorter one. Uh, yes. Which uh, impulse. Yeah, impulse exactly. Yeah. This is. <laughs> what else can you talk about? Twenty two seconds. <laughs> the fact that it's part of uh, one of the all time great episodes of Trek is uh, is amazing and so memorable. And species eight four seven two is fantastic. I love it. All oh, fluidic space. Fantastic pick, Josh. What's your, uh, your yeah, question? this is a great one. I mean, the lead up at the time, you know, to this episode and suddenly, oh, crap, they are we're we're getting the Borg on Voyager, everyone sound the alarm. I mean, just <laughs> so good. And you just, you know, to set up species 8472, you know, just so quickly. I mean, obviously, they are a serious threat. They were able to take out those Borg so, so quickly. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. You didn't even get to say resistance is futile. That's like, right. Resist yeah. him, boom. That's, right. oh, that's, a, that's a good point. We are the Borg. Existence as you know it is over. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Resistance is Josh, how about you? What's your number two pick? Number two pick. Five words went all the way back. Hashtag the cage. My number two pick is if memory serves from oh, discovery. Yes. What a great pick. I didn't think. Uh, this. So good. The biggest thing I need to call out is that, you know, is that previously on, which isn't of even course. a proper, you know, quote unquote, uh, a teaser. I would really usually consider the previously on to be just a sort of separate segment of the episode. and doesn't, re- it's not really part of the episode proper, but here they just went in, into it with gusto and style. Yep. So it is hundred percent part of the episode yep. to go with that sure. retro uh, thing. I mean, just like, it was just, it's the delight, you know, the first time you see this episode and just, you know, like, wow, why, okay, we're getting all the stuff, the old music, then bam, last shot, Jeffrey Hunter, he looks to the side, smash cut to uh, uh, Anson Mount, bam, he's there, it puts us in that mind space, you know, and to give us a sequel to The Cage that I didn't even really know I needed, but it just was just such a a masterful episode of going, going literally back to the very, very beginning of Trek. Uh, I love this pig, with genius, I did not think of it, it's a spectacular episode of star trek to say the least and you're right the the pre the previously on just the the you said it you couldn't say any better that they just used this amazing style just to make it all combine and so it's part of the episode you can't really watch it without the you're not you're not skipping the intro so they're skipping the previously on like you can do on netflix 
an incredible pick. Jen, what's your take on this one? Yeah, so good. Yeah, the previously on definitely counts as part of this. Sure. It's the only one where the previously on counts. Yeah. It says previously on Star Trek, too. Not, you know, it's not because it's not for that show, you know? Yeah. And, and it, God, just the warm, fuzzy feeling I got, just the unexpectedness of seeing that previously on Star Trek coming up was just... I, I, I mean, I'm such a, what a feeling when I, I remember how, you know, how that felt seeing that for the first time and, and it's wonderful. And then you're right that there's great cut to Anson Mount as Pike. And I wish, I really wish that they had just cut it there. And that would have been the end of the cold open. Cause for me, cause then they keep going, they do the classic discovery, <laughs> keep going and, 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 you know, update you on all the other things. And I just want, I mean, this cold open belongs to, that cage recap and to Anson Mount's Pike just standing there on the bridge within that, you know, way of his. And oh God, so good. Great pick. The flow of Jeffrey Hunter yeah. to Anson Mount. Yeah. Amazing. So good. Goosebumps. Okay. Let's uh all right. Oh, it's round two. We're closing it out with my pick. This is a classic that I think maybe people don't think about, but it's a big time episode. Five words and a hashtag. Fear of starvation amid plenty, hashtag. A farce is more like it. And this is Deep Space Nine Season 3. It's Improbable Cause. And it's this conversation between Garrick and Bashir. Oh, it, it's so this, good. It's, well, really, Garrick is setting him up with this conversation. We have no idea that that's happening at the time. But it's an incredible conversation. They First, they're talking about Shakespeare and, and Bashir can't understand why Garrick doesn't appreciate Julius Caesar. And Garrick says, it's a, a tragedy is not the word I would use. Farce is more like it. He couldn't even see it coming. It's his best friend. It was obvious he was going to kill him. And then, uh, and then they get into this conversation about food because Bashir's eating so fast. And Garrick says, there's a very interesting sociological phenomenon for centuries. Humankind has had more than enough food, but yet you think someone is going to snatch away your plate. And he says the fear of starvation amid plenty, it points to some dark secret hidden in the human soul. Somebody should do a study. It's amazing. Amazing. Bashir Garrick back and forth. And, and the whole thing is for Garrick to set up. Well, I got some boring work to do back in my, tailor shop and he walks heading back to his tailor shop and he's blown up his own shop boom explosion exciting amazing cut to credits i love this open to one of the all-time great episodes of deep space nine and it's just it's an amazing character setup between bashir and garrick but it also sets up the uh, the action for a two-parter that just really Never stops. And this one was directed by Avery Brooks. So oh. it surprised me when I saw that. Jen, what's your take on Improbable Cause? Great pick. I got to tell you, I almost picked this one and I almost cheated and did Improbable Cause and the Die is Cast together because the, 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 the wonderful conversation you described with Bashir and Garrick is then mirrored in the next episode with, with Bashir okay. having to eat with O'Brien and right. not giving him any kind That's of good right. conversation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. they do a really good job of mirroring the cold open from Improbable Cause of, you know, of, of, of like, you know, just, just how starkly different his two dining companions are. <laughs> and O'Brien's not giving him any good, uh, 
<laughs> intellectual conversation and, and they're really funny but I love your pick so much uh yeah because it would have been good even without the explosion you right, know? I mean this right. cold open has everything it yeah, has exactly. this great great moments between Bashir and Garrick and then oh my god who who blew up Garrick's shop like like who wants to you know what's going on here and then he says a great mystery and a great episode I love your pick very good yeah that's uh it's true. But even without the explosion, this would have been a, an awesome pick. <laughs> Josh, what's your take on it? This was on my secondary systems. Absolutely. Cool. Um, it was a tough one to uh, to cut down to, to secondary systems. It, I always love the Garrick and Bashir uh, conversations over a meal. Um, they're just, just such wonderful actors. The writing's always wonderful. Uh, I really could just watch the two of them, you know, solo for an entire episode and be completely entertained and satisfied. And this two-parter is one of the great great two-parters of all star trek and just so epic and just one of those you know kind of early ds9 just like wow they went there and are just doing some just amazing amazing work yeah that's a great pick yeah i'm glad uh, i'm glad you guys considered it i wasn't sure if that one was uh, one that would be in people's wheelhouse all right we always look for bashir and garrick yeah for sure (laughs) Let's go to round one and our top cold open picks. Jen, what's your number one pick? My top pick? Okay. Okay, five words and hashtag. Oh, a time travel episode. Hashtag. Oh, a time travel episode. <laughs> and this is Voyager season five, episode 24, Relativity. Ooh. I love everything about this cold open you it's it's a, it's a really good fake out you know they, it's oh, a good, good. yeah like like they like oh you get you start with this beautiful shot of the shipyard and then you know you, you then you see it's the voyager and and janeway's beaming on it it doesn't take you too long to get uh to get what's going on to get that oh this takes place you know pre-caretaker you know yeah. this yeah. is that's cool like what a cool idea yeah. and 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 it gives you enough time it's um three minutes and 28 seconds long and it gives you enough time to settle into to this being the story. She t- she goes around the ship. She sees the bridge, and she goes to her ready room, and you know she's getting the full tour. And and they're and the, and and you know and they they go, they have a little conversation um, about maybe we should get Tom Paris, you know, to to, to to for a helmsman. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, this is this is gonna this. So you it's really setting you up for what you think this episode's going to be, you know, I was like, yeah. I'm going to see a lot of cool, yeah. you know, free caretaker stuff. And, and then, and then <laughs> Janeway just says, Oh, excuse me. You know, Ensign ran, randomly bumps into an Ensign and the Ensign turns around and it's seven of nine in a uniform with no implants. And you realize that this is a, still a time travel episode, but a very different kind of time travel episode. <laughs> You know, you realize now that this is, oh, this is actually set in our normal, you know, season five timeline. Um, and then it's just, oh, my God, why is Seven there? What is she doing? Why does she go back in time? I mean, she looks so great in that uniform. Yeah. You know, it's just like oh, so many things swirling around in your head in just that last three seconds of the cold open where you see Seven reveal. It's so funny. I just, I just, I love the cold opens that have me like settled in and then get you flip it on its head and and i i just this cold open is just my my favorite of all time it's a it's an amazing setup for an amazing episode that is and we get to see utopia planitia it's just so cool it's just i love that everything about that 
setup and what a surprise switch at the end. <laughs> uh, amazing. I did not think of this one. I love it, Josh. Yeah, I love I love it when we see things that we, um, you know, for the first time that, that we uh, uh, missed originally. So we never really saw, it. you know, Voyager was already out when right. we met, met her in the series. So suddenly seeing back at the, the, the shipyards and all that stuff just is just great to be able to fill in those gaps and uh, uh, see that and to see the shipyards and all that kind of stuff. It's just, just great. And of course the reveal of seven at the end of the, uh, the tease. Great. I want to see what happens next. And, uh, and honestly, I wish that seven was in a uniform like she was in this episode for the proper <laughs> so series. Uh, to be honest, uh, uh, it just fits her character so much better than those terrible cat suits. Uh, <laughs> I digress. It, it, that's a great play. That's great. Great pick. Yeah, it is. It's such a such a smart pick. I I love it. And that one, I think if uh, that's a Brian Fuller script too, right? I can't remember. I th- I think he wrote it. But okay, let's go to Josh. What's your number one cold open? All right. In the end, there can be only one. <laughs> My number one. Pick. Five <laughs> words. All hands brace for impact. Hashtag boom. It is, of course, season five's TNG cause oh, and effects. Yes. Well done, sir. That we, is. It made the episode. Phew. I was getting worried. I know. Cause <laughs> and effect is maybe the most ultimate teaser I can possibly think of. It was the first thought that I had. Uh, it was just a matter of where to place it in the list. But, I mean, of course it's number one. You can't, I mean, you watch that that segment, you can't do anything other than continue watching the episode and just be like, what the hell is happening? It's incredible. Uh, and then when the episode itself starts and suddenly we're back in time and the ship's flying, like, what is going on? I mean, just one of the great time, you know, messing with time episodes, great Dr. Crusher episode. I mean, that, that cold open is maybe one of the most just ultimate hooks that i can i can possibly think of uh in all of star trek yeah i don't think you can say anything better than that it's the ultimate hook and then and then when it comes back from the credits it's the you're watching the same thing over again and uh yeah. <laughs> it's 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 amazing it's absolutely genius that is brandon braga at his time damage report casualty reports coming in from all over the ship the starboard nacelle has sustained a direct impact we are venting drive plasma initiating emergency core shutdown Inertial damper is failing. We're losing attitude control. This is the bridge. All hands to emergency escape pods. Core shutdown is unsuccessful. We are losing antimatter containment. We've got to eject the core. Ejection systems offline. Core breach is imminent. All hands abandon ship. Repeat. All hands abandon. Jen, what's your take on cause and effect? So good. Yeah. Because I mean, you know that it's that something weird's going on because you know that the Emprise is not going to stay blown up. <laughs> right. <laughs> blown up. Whatever. You know, yeah. if it doesn't matter, it doesn't take away from, from how powerful it is seeing it, seeing every, the, the panic in those last few seconds and then and then the explosion. It's it, it's yeah, it's it's a masterpiece. There's really not too much to say. It's it's a it's a classic cold open in a classic wonderful episode yeah I, I love it I, i'd be hard to press to find a time loop that's that's <laughs> that one's like i think 
also like probably like 45 seconds too so yeah and, really and i think the proper terminology is a stay below dub yeah stay below. I mean, <laughs> okay <laughs> let's Sun did get blowed up <laughs> i love my number one pick and let's hear it i thought it was it's a little bit sneaky i thought it might somebody else might uh id it but uh i think the trend of mine has been some big action moments but also some real uh quiet character moments so and this is a character moment five words in a hashtag janeway takes a voyager stroll hashtag and a series is defined and i'm actually not even going to say the episode title till the till the end here because i think when i say it everyone will know what it is but so it's not the most memorable episode of voyager it's season one it's pretty standard but the opening is top-notch, and it opens with the captain's log. It's Janeway talking about how she's going to command on a ship that's so far removed from, from Starfleet protocols in the Delta Quadrant. It's really an interesting setup. And there's this great shot of her walking down a corridor with the windows. And it's the first, only time we ever see this set. It's, there's a crewman kind of staring out the window into the void. It's basically a redress of the, uh, of the galley, but... They, it was really clever use, so it looked like a hallway that she's walking down with with windows, and she's in this voiceover of her captain's log and all the challenges she's going to have. She walks into engineering, and Taurus thinks it's an inspection, and is immediately like, I didn't know we had to have stuff ready. She's like, nope, I'm just taking a stroll, which was my five words and a hashtag. Then she goes into the galley, and Kim and Paris are sitting there eating, and they react awkwardly to her. They don't really know like, should we ask her to join us? And Paris is like, you don't ask the captain to sit with you. That's not how it works. And and Harry says, you know, you're working from an old rule book, Paris. There's, we need to kind of figure out how we're going to do things. She doesn't have anybody to socialize with. And then she walks into the galley to get some coffee from Neelix. And he's not having it. He's telling her, hey, you need to set an example. You can't be using your replicator rations on coffee. And I've got a great substitute for you, yada, yada. She gets called to the bridge, and there's a nebula, and Janeway realizes that the high levels of Omicron particles in that nebula are going to help with their antimatter reserves. And she says, there's coffee in that nebula. Cut scene. It's the cloud. <laughs> Amazing first season episode. Uh, it's cold open of Voyager. And I love it. It's perfection. It defines the entire series of Voyager in you know about three minutes. And this is a Michael Piller script by Brandon Braga, directed by David Livingston. And it's just it's it's a really, really cool opening four minutes. And it's such a famous line from Janeway, but I think uh, people kind of forget the the framework around it. And it was part of this uh, cold open in the cloud. So Jen, what's your take on that one? Oh, that's a lovely pick. That that one didn't didn't pop into my head. Um, uh, of course, the line. The line. <laughs> line is so good. Like it's so, so good. good. Put it on screen. Magnify. There are unusually high levels of Omicron particles within this nebula, Captain. Are you thinking we could collect these Omicron particles to provide an additional antimatter reserve, Lieutenant? Precisely. Senior bridge officers, report for duty. Commander, set a new course. There's coffee in that nebula.
yeah, just it has the same kind of feeling um, from from relativity to me of of her just you know appreciating right. her ship, which I just I love. I'll, I'll never get tired of that. You know the the love she has for that ship and and um, yeah, and it's, it's you get to see everybody and I it's it's wonderful. That's a great pick. Yeah, I didn't, a, I didn't think of that. It's a it's a cool setup for the series. Uh, Josh, what's yeah. your take on it? Great, great one. Uh, yeah, I um, I love the moment with uh, with Kim and uh, in Paris. Yeah, especially in those early days on Voyager. Yeah, the whole paradigm has changed. They're lost out in yeah. in the Delta Quadrant. So those rules of like, oh, the captain should or shouldn't be fraternized with the uh, the lower decks is like, well, that stuff's out the window. And that they're dealing with uh, power supply issues. That they're dealing with like, how are we going to live? Um, I kind of wish that there was more of that ultimately. Yeah. And, and Janeway's the only captain who could have said there's coffee in that nebula. Cause she's the only captain who had to care about that. Kind right. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's Not just because the- she likes coffee, but because she's <laughs> right. the only one who, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the classic know. Voyager quotes for sure. I yeah. mean, it's one coffee mugs. <laughs> yeah. Deservedly. Uh, it's just um, got a lot of great, you know, uh, moments that really establish the characters because it's so early into the series and um, and our situation and and how is this show going to be different from TNG, which had just literally had just gone off the air. So yeah, I mean, it's a great one to just establish the show as its own thing and yeah. what kind of issues that they would be running into and how do you survive in this world? It's the this is the fifth episode, and it would have been nice if it stayed on that kind of resources track where they had to think yes. about that in every episode, but obviously they gave that up yeah. pretty quickly uh, midway through the first season. But at this point in time, this is a really defining episode. And by the way, this is, if you ever need your peak Catherine Hepburn, Janeway fix, this is your three minutes that will do it. Cause this is mm-hmm. all Catherine Hepburn, her voice uh, delivery, her uh, mannerisms. Really, really cool. Love it. That's awesome. Okay. I got a ton of secondary systems. I know you guys do too. Jen, rattle off a few uh, secondary systems picks. Let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. Okay, so I've got a lot of secondary systems, of course. These are so many good ones. Uh, One of my toughest cuts was Favor the Bold. Oh, yeah. Ooh, good one. Jadzia Dax. Um, com- you know, commanding the Defiant, and and we could see her and uh, Worf on the Rotaran blow up the Minion ships, and and then uh, it ends with with Cisco saying, "We're going to retake Deep Space Nine <laughs> in the way that only Avery Books can and so to really get you get you going." I love that. Yeah. Um, I have Who Mourns for Morn. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny one to me because it's it's funny that that Quark had a hologram of Morn. You know, that he's such a staple of the bar. You know, he says something like like, like his, his uh, you know, his profits go down 3% or whatever. <laughs> right. or something. Yeah. So he has that hologram. But it's such a nice way to make Morn's, then when, you know, Jedzia comes in and says Morn's dead, it, it makes that even more impactful, you know, because now we see like how important he is yeah. in a really funny, funny way. I thought that was a really clever way to, to do that. Yeah. And I never get tired of, the, of, of look at, that look on Jadzia's face when it looks like she's seen a ghost <laughs> and she sees Morn's hologram and it's spinning around. <laughs> oh, uh, some uh, original series love, uh, That Which Survives. Oh, cool one. Yes. Because there's so much yeah. going on. Yes. It's like, you know, it's like a normal episode. They're about to beam down and then this this woman, this beautiful woman yeah. shows up out of nowhere and says, don't go, which is weird. 
for her, you know, like, like, why did she say that? You know, and then she attacks the transporter operator and they beam down and then, and then the ship, it's thrown. They, they, yeah. And then there's things on the enterprise. They're like, Oh, the planet's gone. And, and then, you know, down to Kirk and Oh, you know, the enterprise is gone. And, and, and there's earthquakes. There's just so much happening. It's like, what is going on? How are we going to unpack all this? Love that. Pick. So Love good. that shout out. Also to mention uh, flesh and blood. Oh, cool. Is it's just always st- stuck with me because this is this is the you know the the, the holograms erosion have the hall yeah the holograms but it's really really jarring to see people in Starfleet uniforms doing what they do, you know it's jarring to see Simon Tarsus walking out of the water blowing <laughs> that guy away. yeah that's right. <laughs> oh my god and then just blowing them away like it, oh yeah. my god I I, I I thought that was really Okay, it wasn't really Simon Tarsus as anyone who's confused. <laughs> it was the same actor, but yeah. <laughs> um, second chances. That's great. Oh, we get, we get Nightbird, and we get just yeah. the, the craziness of there being another Riker. Like yep. that's random. Uh, that's a good yeah. Nightbird. <laughs> Playing Nightbird. <laughs> and the look, I'll never get tired of the look on his face when he gets interrupted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Riker, you know, bridge to Commander Riker. Or that's a, that's that a great Riker pick. shitting no. and grin that he gets. Great pick. <laughs> Love him. I'm a big fan of the Menagerie Part One. Oh yeah. Um, another T- uh, TOS shout out because yep. it's really interesting to see Spock one breaking the rules and two breaking the rules for someone other than Kirk. <laughs> you know, before we know what happened, I, I, I just, I just, I just thought that was more, really more Pike love. It's, yeah, yeah, and of course it's made better now. But I, I thought yep. that even before, you know, any of the new stuff, I, I, that was always fascinating to me. Another, oh, another funny one. I, ha- I have Chimera, Chimera. Really? Yes, because this is so. It, it's, it's just a little slice of life moment of <laughs> O'Brien and Odo in a shuttle, and Odo had they weren't they were on some you know way mission or some comp to some conference or something like that, and uh, Odo had brought a gift for Kira and O'Brien's, you know, just basically like, oh shit, I didn't get anything for Keiko. Oh, right. right. <laughs> and he tries yes. to get him to sell it yep, to yep, him. Yep. <laughs> so they're just having like this little like ridiculous conversation. And then out of nowhere, this big creature yep. comes out of nowhere and then you find out it's a changeling. I thought that was a neat, neat way for changelings to travel. I thought yep. that was a cool thing we that changelings could do that we had never seen before. Um, I want to shout out to Q Who. Because that's another one that does a good slice of life and then pow in action, like an action that scary thing happens because yeah. it has like, you know, Sonia Gomez, who I just adore. I have a soft spot for her. And that's, <laughs> that's when she, you know, uh, she spills the hot chocolate on Picard. And yeah. It's really awkward. And, 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 and Jordy like takes the blame for her and it's really cute and sweet. And then it turned all of a sudden turns into a cute episode. Like yeah. she kidnaps Picard and, you know, he's not on the enterprise and, and uh, that's a good way to set up a Q episode, I thought, you know, because it's like, oh, this is a normal day. And then, bam, Q comes in and ruins it. <laughs> um, oh, and then 30 days, seeing Tom Paris getting demoted and sent to the brig. Like, yep. it, he, like what did he do? What, you know, and it's just it ends with just him sitting in the brig. For 30 you know he's like you're you're sentenced to 30 days in the brig and you're demoted to ensign or it's like what happened like you know you, you just really want to know what led to that yeah last one homestead because this is neelix throwing a party for first contact that's important to yeah that's important to the humans culture 
um, and, 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 you know, celebrating that. And then at the very end of the cold open, it's guess what? We found some life signs that are of Talaxians. Oh yeah. And I thought that was a really nice way to segue into like, well, he does such nice things for us. Now this is what he's going to get, what he deserves and find, you know, his people. And, you know, and it's a great way to, to to open the, the ending for Neelix. I like that pick because I got a lot of good dancing Neela gifts out of yeah. that. Uh, that's true. So. It's so corny. And I like that because they're eating pierogies, which is a yeah. favorite of mine. So. But it's just, I just, I just, that's, that's, I love that Neelix. Show. All right. So I'm done. I'm Josh. done. I apologize. <laughs> no way. Rattle them off. Josh, how about you? You got a few? I got a lot to let rattle off. But yeah, so many great teasers over time. So it's, yes. it's hard to yeah. get everything into a list. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Journey to Babel. Yes. That's a great, great teaser, and it's one of those setup. moments when when he says, "Doctor McCoy, those are my my parents." <laughs> to realize there's more to these characters' lives and stories than we've been told. It's always great. I love that, you know. And Spock is just his mo is to just keep things close close to the chest, not say anything until it's absolutely necessary mm-hmm. to mention something, especially if it's personal. Uh, as we later find out with Cybok, you know, we don't find out for 20 years. So it's totally in character for him to not mention these siblings, not mention yep. anything about his, his his past. That also features the beginning, the first appearance of the uh, Live Long and Prosper, I believe. It's got a lot of just uh, so much great character Classic. Moments. That was on my list. Yeah. So good. So many great moments. Uh, Emissary, uh, DS9's premiere yes. uh, mm. episode. I mean, that is to do a pilot is just exceptionally hard because you've got to set up so much. You know, it set up everything about that series, things that wouldn't yep. be paid off until the finale. I mean, yep. it, you know who Cisco is, you know what he's doing. We see a little bit of Wolf 359. It was brutal. Great action, character, pathos. It was definitely like a runner up for my uh, Star Trek 09 slot for those same reasons. Emissary was my toughest cut. Uh, you yeah. described it perfectly. And, and you get the, the final bit with Jake and yeah. And Ben Moore. Yeah, then that great moment of holodeck. And yeah, then so just good. finally, I mean, it's just brilliant the way everything is just revealed. Then they go out into the hallway. Yeah. They look out and see them, you know, through the, the window. We see DS9, but we just see it in a reflection. And then it finally, it's like almost the opening credits Perfect. kind of blend into uh, the episode. Because then it's like, this is our first glimpse of this beautiful st- space station. It just is so, Michael Piller is just such a master, master storyteller. Yeah. And at that point, was really just like at the heights of it with, with Trek. Beast of the Enemy, uh, TNG. Oh, yeah, good one. Oh, good one. That's a great one. Again, it's very short, you know, dealing with Troy, you know, turn on the lights. Why is it not happening? And then just bam, she's a Romulan. What? <laughs> yeah. Such a great moment. Such a great moment. Yesterday's Enterprise is a great treat yes. teaser as well. You know, you got just the fun character moments with Worf and Guinan, the prune juice. It's all funny. Ha ha ha. It's light. Where's this episode going? Suddenly, bam, <laughs> we're in a whole new timeline. Yeah. I mean, that episode is so great to end it with like, you know, then the coming into focus of Tasha reading the um, ship's registry, such a great episode. and such a great start to that episode. Relics. It's a great one. Oh as yeah. Well. The generations yeah. together. I mean, yeah. and then when Scotty, you know, at the end of that teaser, hear the old transporter noises and all the computer noises. Just such a great nostalgia. I just, I love it. So good. Time's Arrow. Great teaser. Pan down to Data's head. Like, what is Oh, what yeah, is Data's that? head, of course, yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, such a great, just a great, I love great reveals. Pulls you in. 
timeless Voyager. Oh yeah, of course. One of the great teases of of all time as well. Like suddenly we're like deep in the future and what's going on with Chakotay and and Harry and they're in these crazy parkas. It's like the thing and bam, that opening, that bird's eye shot where, where they're like Voyager's under ice. Like what happens? So good. Yeah. So good. Uh, from Picard, Broken Pieces. This episode, yeah, has a great teaser. Just a lot of really great character moments. You know, we see Picard, you know, getting really upset about the Borg. And I, I, I really felt like it kind of, this episode brought those like PTSD issues into such clear focus. It kind of retroactively made his behavior and first contact kind of make a lot more sense to me from a sort of psychological perspective. Um, and of course that teaser ends with just an amazing shot where you're seeing Picard go into his office and he's flipping through all the images of the artifact and we see, Oh, Hugh. And then whoop, bam, a shot of Locutus camera pans Suddenly, the superimposed image of, of Locutus on top of Picard. He feels his old pain. Yep. Chef's kiss. Oh. That was on my list, too, except it's not broken pieces. That's the impossible box. Damn it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Damn it. But I knew what you were talking about. It was great. Yeah. So, anyway, so there's that one. Oh, good. Um, Unfor- you know, it's part of the, the thing with some of the, the Discovery and Picard, since they don't put the titles in the actual know, episode, it's a lot harder to, to, to remember I which know. episode it's name funny. is to really marry those two together. So yep. I'll blame the producers on that one. But it's a, <laughs> still a great te- a teaser. A uh, you got one more? Brother from Discovery, season two, episode one. I oh. love the Cassini footage. The way that yeah. Bart's, it kind of makes me it's a want to cry. It's beautiful. It's a great Burnham voiceover. It's really oh, good. Yeah. That's yeah, a great her, pick. That's the story of the girl who made the stars, right? Yep. That's the story. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I love that's that. a great yeah. one. And that's a yeah, that's so good. season opener, too. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to marry it. I mean, so then, you know, again, and just, just season openers are hard. Season series premieres yeah. are hard. Yeah. This within just a few minutes sets up all the themes and everything that we'd be dealing with, not only for that episode, but for the season at large. Um, I just think it's a very well done uh, cool. teaser, and of course, all the use of uh, the NASA footage of Cassini is uh, yep. is beautiful. Okay, uh, I'm going to rattle off just a few more uh, on my obvious list. Who got picked? Scorpion and Cause and Effect. The others I had: Tinker, Tenor, Doctor Spy. Nobody mentioned that <laughs> one. Uh, the Devil in the Dark. R.I.P. Schmitter. We love you. Uh, and. The Pegasus Captain Picard Day did not get a mention, so I wanted to make sure we highlighted those. Oh, I think that's that. a good one. I think those will be Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy, and the Pegasus. I think will be popular picks. Elsewhere, I had Stratagem uh, with yes. Archer and Degra. Yeah. Good Shepherd is an amazing production value. You've got the fly-in at the beginning oh, to the Janeway in her window, and then they follow the the through the ship down to deck fifteen, and they leave out through Mortimer Harriman's window. Scientific Method is a great mm-hmm. cold open. Uh, I had Minefield with the explosion out of nowhere of the ship when it hits a mine, yeah. which is really cool. And Dorian Incident, just because we get to see a bunch of Vulcans meditating and then some Andorians crashing. <laughs> Future's End, only because we get the famous quote, Agent Tubak, what's up? Breakfast is up. <laughs> I had counterpoint because yes. I love that opening where it's a, they set up a cool mystery, but you also kind of get the feeling like Janeway and the crew already 
know what's going on. They've and, been through and, this before. Yeah. And not only that, but that they're ready for them and they're kind of, they're, they got their own got a strategy. plan going, a strategy yeah. ready. Yep. And then <laughs> I've got three one. special shout outs. First, the wolf inside 14 minutes long, the longest <laughs> <laughs> cold open ever with the, yes. lots of stuff going on in that one with Burnham taking over the ISS Shenzo and Stamets mourning the death of yeah. Hugh Colbert. And then in Descent, uh, in TNG Season 6, you have a notable switch. So the cold open includes the opening credits because it's the only episode where they ever did this. So they start the cold open. It's the famous poker scene with Data and uh, and uh, all the uh, scientists, all, all the great luminaries <laughs> from history. And then after that, they actually put up the opening credits, Descent. They run through all the credits. It ends with them about to fight the Borg. And then they go to the, to the music and the, and the regular opening credits. And then they come back and they had this big fight. And they obviously did that as a production choice. And they didn't want the credits to lay over their big, huge phaser fight with the, with the Borg. So, they, so that's the only time they ever kind of flipped the, uh, the opening title sequence. And lastly, we're going to end on a high note, an actual cold open. It's from the wounded and it is Keiko and Miles having breakfast. Kelp buzz, <laughs> plankton loaf, and sea berries. Oh. <laughs> In that awesome, awesome, infamous scene. And oh, my goodness. We're going to end it there. Okay. I knew we would have a real – that's a – Super deep dive in our secondary systems, but it's worth it to talk about as many episodes as we can. But let's get into our regeneration cycle now. Nice. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, Jen, why don't you recap your <laughs> picks? I love that that's where you're going to end it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. Oh, yeah, Joe. Okay. Uh, my number five pick is Voyager Season 6, Episode 21, Live Fast and Prosper. My number four pick, TNG Season 2, Episode 15, Pen Pals. Number three, Voyager Season 2, Episode 13, Prototype. Number two, Voyager Season 3, Episode 26, Scorpion Part 1. And my number one pick is Voyager Season 5, Episode 24, Relativity. I just noticed you had four from Voyager and one from TNG. That's no, uh, I awesome. Me too. <laughs> who, who cared? That's fantastic. Josh, how about your five? Nice. Okay, so my five were uh, In a Mirror Darkly, part one from Enterprise season four. Number four was the Star Trek 09 film. Uh, number three was TNG season six's Schisms. <laughs> Ode to Spot. Um, number two was uh, Discovery Season 2's If Memory Serves. And then my number one pick was TNG Season 5, Cause and Effect. Amazing. You spread it around great. You had two from TNG and then one each from Enterprise, Discovery, and the Kelvin Timeline. Super cool. My top five was round five was Gravity from Voyager. Number four pick was The Enemy from TNG. Number three, Contagion and the Destruction of the Yamato from TNG. Number two pick, Impossible Cause, Deep Space Nine. And my number one pick, there's coffee in that nebula, Voyager, The Cloud. 
So our breakdown, I had uh, two Voyagers, two TNG, and one Deep Space Nine. Breakdown's pretty cool. We had we had a good good swath of representation. There's one each from Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, Discovery, and the Kelvin timeline. So we spread it around good there. No Picard, Lower Decks, or Short Treks picks. And then, oh, and no uh, TOS as well. And then TNG had five overall picks, and Voyager led the way with a six. And I'm not too surprised that TNG and Voyager led the way in the way they tell their stories, that it would make sense. And then I kind of broke this down with a little bit of categories. There's no duplicates. We had about four that were strictly kind of conversational character setup pieces. There was four that were some type of flashback or time travel piece. And then about eight of them just had a big surprise switch going on <laughs> at, at some point at the end of that, uh, that teaser hook that Gene Roddenberry talked about. All right. That's a look at our stats. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I think that was a good, uh, yeah. good. We covered a lot for sure to yeah. say the least. Yeah. But as we do every week, we once again entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop. And I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. And for this week's temporal causality loop, we're going back to episode 89 in our top five movie villains. We got a great voicemail in from Rebecca Skipper breaking down her top five movie villains. And one of the things I loved about this list is that she covers it all with her picks. So she's got everything from old school TLS and TNG and the Kelvin timeline. And she even ties her picks into Picard. And she also gets a, a shout out in from one of Trek's most famous book series. And she does it all in two minutes. So here is the voicemail from Rebecca Skipper, who is on Twitter at Skipper8210. Hi, it's Rebecca Skipper from Florida. Uh, my Twitter handle is Skipper8210. I'm calling for the Trek Ranks podcast to give my top five list of Star Trek film villains. Number five would be Valeris from Star Trek VI because of her attempts to sabotage the peace process. Number four is the Whaling Hunters in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, because Kirk would not have been able to complete his mission had the Hunters succeeded. Number three would have to be the main villain in Star Trek Into Darkness, which is Admiral Marcus, in my view, for his efforts to get the Federation into a war with the Klingons. My choice number two would be Nero from Star Trek 2009 because of his, his attempts to destroy Earth and the fact that his character's actions and his motives will play a huge part in Star Trek Picard and probably beyond that. My number one villain would be the Borg from First Contact, obviously because they assimilate 9 billion humans on Earth and try to erase the Federation from history. Secondary system picks would be General Chang in Star Trek VI, Khan in Star Trek II, and Thorin in Star Trek Generations. For Khan, I'd like to point out the amazing series of books called The Genesis Wave and Genesis Force. There are four books set in the TNG timeline in the literary verse, and you get to see the consequences of what happens after the Genesis wave explosion set off by Khan, that is. And those are a great series of books that go beyond 
what you see in Star Trek II. Thank you for a great show, and I look forward to episode 89. Thank you. I love that she gives a shout-out at the end of that to the great series of books that build on the, the Wrath of Khan with the Genesis Wave series, which is uh, super cool. So totally appreciate that awesome voicemail from Rebecca. And once again, uh, those picks, more than enough to get us out of this week's temporal causality loop. So as always, I want to thank everyone again for all your great responses to the Trek Ranks podcast. Keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. But we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five cold opens or any lists from our past shows. Give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527 at 609-512-LLAP. Or you can just record something and DM me directly on Twitter. We can do it that way. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks... It's already that time. It feels like it just started, but it's it's warp time because next week we'll be breaking down our top five Lower Decks season one moments. And it's been an incredible season to say the least. I love this show. So Jen and Josh, we're recording this early. So we've only seen about half the series at this point. But if you had to choose one Lower Decks season one moment from I think the first three episodes you guys have seen, what would you highlight, uh, Jen? What's your what's your moment you're going to highlight from early oh, season one? My man Rutherford and <laughs> his love. He knew this was going to pick. I had to do with his love for engineering. He felt the call of the Jeff Jeffries tube. <laughs> I, I love the, his his line. Uh, you know, my EPS conduits are aligned as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's so really good. funny. Um, oh. The moment, the moment though, has to be the ending of that episode of Envoys, episode two, yep. where he's he's looking at the Jeffries too with such love, and and, and I teared up a little because I I know I feels, and I thought that was really great. I thought that was a great little little love moment for for Trek. Rutherford's Trek. love <laughs> love for engineering is a great double round pick for. <laughs> Top five season one moments. Uh, how about you, Josh? I'm going to go with like a production design moment mm-hmm. style note. And I want to give a shout out to the use of the L cars. If you notice, yes. the, um, the, they've extended the L cars into the whole design aesthetic of the ship. If yep. you look at the carpet on the, in the hallways and yep. in any sets, it's in the same style. The backs, backs of the seats, the ceilings, uh, you know, they have just, you know, really taken that and run. And I just love how they've used it to basically create their entire Federation Starfleet design aesthetic for the interior of the, the ship. And, and kind of on a tangential note, the use of the, the gold stripe on the exterior, uh, brilliant because that, uh, you so know, helps give us the specificity. Yeah. Each ship is like, you know, a yep. diff- it, you can see immediately what kind of second contact ship it is. Are they a command one doing diplomatic missions? Or are they doing an engineering? Hey, they're, they're setting up a communications relay. No. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> their Fritos is an engineering second contact ship. So you, it just tells you so much about what we can expect to see from them. So those kind of two things, uh, yeah, I would call out the production design uh, at yeah. this, you know, just as a off the topic, off the head, double round kind of thing. It's going to be a fun topic to do our, our categories with the different take on animation so it's gonna be basically when you pick a 
an actor for the series. It's going to be based on voice acting. So pretty, uh, mm-hmm. that'll be very different than the discovery and Picard shows we've done. It's going to be an interesting episode. Yep. Cool. Can't wait to do it. All right. So before we wrap yep. it up, a huge thanks to Jen Tift and Josh Zeller. It's great to have you guys on any final tricks of space communications. You guys want to relay Jen. Oh, I just want to say, you know, a good cold open is a real art and it was a joy to be able to appreciate, you know, Star Trek from such a unique uh, angle. So thanks for that. This was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And, you know, I don't think I said this before, but you were the person that suggested this topic years ago. Okay. If you don't remember, I don't know if we ever even talked about it, but I, I love cold. Open. I jotted it down. Like, Oh, I need to have, make sure Jen's on that show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Josh, I, I hope you had fun, buddy. Yeah, this has been a great topic. Uh, I, I love, you know, talking, you know, really breaking it down and, uh, you know, looking at writing issues and things like that. And uh, it, it was just a lot of fun uh, talking about this, thinking about this topic over the last couple of weeks and uh, finally discussing it with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, everybody out listening, keep on. Trek well, everybody. I love it. <laughs> All right, and finally, I want to thank everyone again for engaging with us here on episode 94 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Then we sat on the sand for some time and observed how the oceans that cover the world were perturbed by the tides from the orbiting moon overhead. How relaxing the sound of the waves is, you said. I began to expound upon tidal effects when you asked me to stop looking somewhat perplexed. So I did not explain why the sunset turns red. And we watched the occurrence in silence instead. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. Throughout the ages, from Keats to Giorgio, poets have composed odes to individuals who have had a profound effect upon their lives. In keeping with that tradition, I have written my next poem in honor of my cat. I call it Ode to Spot. Felis catus, is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature? Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the state of your emotion.
Commander, you have anticipated my denouement. However, the sentiment is appreciated. I will continue. Oh, Spot, the complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. And though you are not sentient, Spot, and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend.